Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Good morning, church, and greetings in Jesus' mighty name. What a joy again to worship the Lord in the beauty of His holiness. He is such a good, good Father, a loving Father that has such amazing plans for our life. Today, I believe I have a very, very precious word from the heart of God. And that's why I want every one of you to give 100% attention to this word. Because this word can make a difference in our life in such a tremendous way. If you will turn your Bibles with me, let's look at Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26. The Bible says, moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. What a powerful verse. I will give you a new heart, says the Lord, and I will put a new spirit inside of you. Look at the heart of God in this verse. Through the prophet Ezekiel, God has been prophesying and saying, People of God, I don't want you to struggle with the old heart, the old way of thinking, the old patterns that you've gone by. But I want to give you a new heart, something that you can cherish, and a new spirit inside of you. And God is saying, I will remove the heart of stone. And I want you to know that is a promise God wants to give you today. That God is willing to remove your heart of stone and my heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh softness and gentleness and kindness and love and humility and tenderness because of God's amazing love to us. The Bible is a book about the heart. It's all about relationships. It's about relationship with God and it's about relationship with man. It's a, it's about people with a hard heart that God who's got a loving heart is calling a hard-hearted people to come back to the tenderness of God's heart. The heart in the Bible, when we study the word heart in the Bible, that's the real me, the deepest part of me. The part of me that not everybody gets to see. That's the part where the the real thoughts beneath my thoughts, that's behind what I'm even thinking. That's the part of me that thinks certain things without my mind even processing some of those things. That's what we call behind the scenes of a heart. So the heart in the Bible is the real me. It's beyond my thoughts. It's the real me deep down inside, beyond what most people ever get to see. And this is what God loves to look at. God's not looking at the out exterior. You know, God's not looking at uh, uh, the beauty of how we praise or how we sing or how we dance or how we worship God. God's looking at our heart. He's looking at the condition of our heart. And many times on the exterior, we may look like hard-hearted people. But deep down inside, God might see a tender heart. And that's the beauty of God that he stood before, you know, David. And as, as the prophet Samuel was anointing David, God spoke to Samuel saying that I don't look at stature. I look at the heart. And I want you to know God today is looking at your heart and my heart. In fact, the saying goes, that the heart of the matter is actually the, uh, a matter of the heart. That God really wants to go down to the crux of who we are, what we are living for, how we live, what we believe. And God searches our heart to see what is the condition of our heart. Have you ever been to a, a garage? 
uh, where you've taken your car there to a to a service station and they they are checking the car up for you and making sure everything is okay and when they look they they probably want to check the condition of the engine or maybe want to ensure there's oil or there's brake fluid or and all of that in the same way when god begins to speak to us when we spend personal time with god god begins to search the inside the deep recesses of our heart that's why in the in, in the the psalmist prays in the book of psalms it says like this search me o god know my heart today see you know know my you know anxious thoughts see if there's any wicked way in me the psalmist was telling god god i know you're not somebody who looks on the outside i'm i know you're someone who looks on the inside and you know my deepest anxiety you know my deepest fears you know my deepest thoughts you know my deepest concerns and i want you to know to such a person god is saying if you're feeling anxious today if you're feeling worried today if you're feeling lost and confused today if you're feeling concerned today i want you to know god is a god who wants to give you a brand new heart he wants to give you a new heart and a new spirit romans in chapter 8 verse 27 says and he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of god you know god searches your heart and my heart and he knows what is the mind of the of the spirit what is on god's heart and he knows what's on our heart and as he searches us he begins to pray for us according to the will of god every time god searches your heart and my heart there is an intercession that god is doing for you the bible says the holy spirit inside of you is interceding for you and jesus is on the right hand of god the father he's also interceding for you so what is our heart condition today what is god interceding for today you know sometimes when we go to god we say lord this is my prayer request these are my prayer list and we tell our prayer teams this is what i want you to pray for me for my examination and for this and that but the bible says when the spirit intercedes he's not interceding about maybe some things that are outside alone he's also interceding about the condition of our heart he's interceding and he's searching our heart to see what he can pray for and if god were to search our heart today what is the condition of our heart if god were to search our heart today what would god find it intrigues me to think what god would find i i as a pastor i believe god will find good things but if i were to ask god i'm not sure what god would find maybe i should take the courage to ask god from time to time maybe you should that if we should ask god god what is the condition of my heart how is my heart looking when you're examining it do you find a soft heart or do you find a hard heart do you find a tender heart or do you find a a, a frustrated complaining angry heart do you find a uh, do you find a caring heart or do you find a a proud heart what do you find lord and when you find that lord will you be able to change my heart can you take away my heart of stone and can you give me a soft heart when god searches a heart will he find a heart that's full of god's love or a heart that's in rebellion with god will he find a heart that wants to obey him or a heart that does not want to obey him when we think of god god's people god's plans for our life when we think of the wisdom of god from god's word when we think of god's nature god's ways is our hearts warm and excited or when we think of god and the things about god do our hearts feel cold and distant and full of unbelief if our hearts are cold and distant then something has happened in our heart 
that a heart has been hardened to the things of God. To look a little more deeper, I want to look at two almost same kind of people in God's word. But they were, they, they had, God had plans for both of them and they both were kings in their day. One was David and one was King Saul. King David and King Saul. Now, when you look at King Saul's life, I want to dwell on this today in today's message. In 1 Samuel and chapter 9, we see enter this young man uh, and he introduces himself. King Saul introduces himself to uh, the prophet Samuel before he became king. He says, am I not the least one from the least tribe of Benjamin? And, uh, you know, I am nobody. But actually, you look at King Saul's father. The Bible calls him a mighty man of valor in 1 Samuel and chapter 9 and in verse 1. His father was a mighty man of valor and Saul was a very handsome man. Very handsome man. Now, interestingly, when you compare with David, David also, the Bible says, was a mighty man of valor, but in a very different way. His valor was not because of a heritage from the fathers. His valor was because he walked with God. When the lion came and the bear came, he grabbed it and killed it and pulled the lamb out of their mouth. And he was training to take care of his father's lamb because one day God wanted to entrust him with the sheep of Israel. So here both of them come from a mighty background, if you may. One's father was mighty. The other one was training at that point to be mighty. King Saul was supposed to be very handsome, head and shoulder above everybody. King David, the Bible says, he was handsome and a young man and, and very smooth uh, in his skin or very gentle in, uh, in, in his appearance and very caring in his appearance. Saul became all that you know God had called him to be as a king. We see in 1 Samuel 9 onwards, when he looked down on himself, he tells Prophet Samuel, I'm nobody. But Prophet Samuel tells him, God has chosen you to be the king of Israel. How God had picked a man who considered himself nobody and God anointed him and raised him up to become king over Israel. The, the land begins to grow and the land begins to, you know, under his leadership and an army is brought together and powerfully they begin to become a beautiful, powerful nation. The nations around begin to become afraid of them. And then as the years go by, as things begin to, uh, you know, interestingly, as they become more and more settled, King Saul was settled in the position. He ruled for 32 years over the land of Israel. We see all the way from 1 Samuel chapter 9 to 1 Samuel 31. You see that that his son was growing up, Jonathan, and then God began to raise up, uh, you know, uh, you know, people around him, leaders. His army became mighty. Israel became mighty. And then somewhere along the way, his heart became callous. Somewhere along the way, he lost the vision of what God had. He forgot that when he was a nobody, when there was nobody to take care of him, when there was nobody to protect him, that God's hand was on him. Have you forgotten where you started from? Have you forgotten your humble beginnings? Have you forgotten where you started when there was nobody to take care of you? How God was there for you? He held you by the arms and made you walk. Many times in your life when you had no future, God came alongside you and he gave you a future. Have you forgotten where you began? King Saul hardened his heart. And the Bible says it stopped becoming about other people or about God. And Saul became foolish, the Bible says. And God began to 
you know, even though God wanted to raise King Saul up, it became, everything became about him. It became about his victory, about obeying what he wanted. It became about God lifting him up for his sake. It became about him. He forgot even the very ability to reason and think, the ability to fight battles, the very ability to, you know, to see miraculous victories was from God. First Samuel 15, the Bible says one day they had to offer a sacrifice to God. And prophet Samuel was late in his coming. And when prophet Samuel was late, at that time King Saul decided in his heart, he said, you know what, prophet Samuel is late. I think I have to go and I have got to do the sacrifice myself. And in 1 Samuel 15, the Bible says that he disobeys God by not destroying all the Amalekites. And he spared the wealth of Amalekites and he spared the king of Amalekites. And when prophet Samuel came, God spoke to Samuel and said, You know, Saul has been disobedient. And disobedience did not start in his life in one way. It started little by little, little by little. How has it come in our life? You know, we we kind of negotiate the boundaries. Can I disobey this much, Lord? Maybe you don't disobey. Maybe you say, Lord, can I just be proud this much, Lord? Can I just be rebellious this much, Lord? A little bit, Lord, just a tiny little bit. That, you know, can I just do what I want? I know you want this. I know this is your will. But can I follow my will just a little bit? And we begin to negotiate the boundaries. And for Samuel 15.11 says, I regret that I made Saul king. For he has turned back from following me. And has not carried out my commands. And Samuel was distressed and cried out to the Lord all night. You see, prophet Samuel is crying out now because Saul, God rejected King Saul. And prophet Samuel goes up to King Saul and tells him in verse 22, has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice? Saul brings sacrifices in place of obedience. And the prophet Samuel tells him, does God delight in offerings as much as obeying the voice of God? Does God want your money as much as God wants your obedience? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination and insubordination is as the iniquity and idolatry. Because you've rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Oh, what a terrible end to King Saul's life. Now, this is the story of King Saul in the same season for Samuel and chapter 15. After that rebellion, we see that in 1 Samuel chapter 16, the Bible says, that God sent Samuel to the house of Jesse. And there the Bible says, For I have found a man after my own heart. God tells prophet Samuel, I have found a man that's going to obey and do everything. Samuel was looking at the older brothers of of David. And he looked at all the older brothers. He saw, is this the one? Is this the one? And God said, no. And they said, there is one out there in the field. His name is David. Bring him in. And when he brought in, God anointed David to be the next king. Uh, and when God, Samuel spoke to God, God, aren't all these great older brothers really strong? And they were in the army. God said, God does not look at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. And today I want you to know, maybe on the outward, you're looking weak. Maybe you're, you're looking timid. Maybe you don't know how to speak. Maybe you're afraid. Maybe you're, 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 you're somebody who doesn't have money. But I want you to know, God doesn't look at your outside. God looks at your heart. God began to raise up David and the Bible says the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David and an evil spirit began to torment King Saul. Saul and David, 
you know, they went on for many years. David protected Saul. Saul became hardened in his heart against David and wanted to kill David. Many times he went after David. Many times he wanted to kill him. That David had to run away from Saul close to 10 years. Saul, who was called of God, anointed of God, became the tormentor of the next king, David. He became so blind because of his hard heart. He couldn't see he was tormenting the anointed of Israel. He became so blind because of insecurities. He couldn't see that he was he was trying to kill whom God had chosen. When our heart gets hardened, we are not able to see what God sees. We are only able to see what we are afraid of and what our insecurities are. When our heart is hardened against our leaders or against our followers, you know, we only hear what we want to hear. We only think what we want to think. We only say what we want to say. But it's that is the time God wants you to go back to God. And God wants you to tell God, God, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me in paths everlasting. Search me, O God. See if there is any hard heart. See if there is any insecure heart. All the same in the life of King David. The Bible says David began his journey not by a surprise. He began his journey walking with God. He grew up as a young boy loving God. Saul had no such thing. Saul was just picked up prophetically. He served the office. David served the king of glory. Saul went after the kingdom, the power. David went after the king of glory. David said in Psalm 27, he says, You know, I'd rather be a, Lord, I want to be one day in your courts than a thousand spent in any other place. How he longed for the presence of God. One went after the power of the office. The other went after the God who brought him to the place of power. In David's life, we see that, you know, Saul could have, you know, died at his hands two times. David could have almost killed Saul two times. But both those times, if he was going to kill Saul, in his heart, it troubled him. His heart troubled him because he had a soft heart. If he had a hard heart, he could have killed Saul and he could have taken uh, the, the kingdom away from Saul at that time. But when he lifted the spear to kill, and the sword was speared to kill Saul, in his heart he thought, how can I raise my hand against the anointed of God? When he saw Saul, like a, like, like with a proud heart, he did not say, there lies my tormentor of ten years. When he lifted up the spear, in his heart he thought, there lies the anointed of God. How can I touch the anointed of God? That's not because of his circumstance. Everything in his circumstance told him, you must hate this man, you must go against him, you must rebel against him. But because of his heart, everything in his heart said, there lies God's anointed. I will not lift my hands against God's anointed. But I give him into God's hand. He will stand before his God and he will fall before his God. David, when he saw how after 10 years God rescued him. And at the end of 1 Samuel, a time comes when 1 Samuel and the last chapter, chapter 31, if I'm not wrong. He comes over there, a time comes where Samuel dies at the hand of the Philistines fighting the battle. And when he dies at the hands of the Philistines, David's heart is so broken. And he says, today the mighty of Israel have fallen. He's so heartbroken. Second Samuel and chapter 1. And he says in chapter 119, your beauty, O Israel, is slain on your perfect places. How have the mighty fallen? He rent his heart that his, his king, whom he was supposed to protect, was broken and killed that day. He had a soft heart. No matter what David did, he maintained a soft heart. 
even when Joshua died, he had a covenant with Joshua. And Joshua had a son called Mephibosheth. In 2 Samuel in chapter 9, when Mephibosheth was, you know, the last one standing after the death of all Saul's family. David sends word and says, there's the son of Joshua, Mephibosheth, find him, bring him, and he will eat at my table. I will take care of him. He had a soft heart. And I want you to know today that God wants you to have a soft heart like David had a soft heart. In the life of King David in 2 Samuel and chapter 12, when David commits murder with Uriah and commits adultery with Bathsheba, the prophet Nathan comes into his life. And rebukes him and challenges him for the immorality and the murder that he committed. And the moment David hears that, he falls down to his face and repents before God. Even though he was a murderer and he was an adulterer, in the midst of that, he had a soft heart. I want you to know, not all hard-hearted people are hard murderers. And all, all hard murderers are not hard-hearted people. I want you to know there are soft-hearted people who have done great mistakes. And there are people who have done hardly anything wrong in the sight of people that are very hard-hearted. And I want you to know if your heart is, heart is hard today, God is calling you to a place of repentance like David. Finally, when it came to a place where David had to run away from his son Absalom, in First Samuel chapter 16, while he's running away, one of the servants of King Saul, and his name was Shimei, he sees David on the way and begins to curse him and says, you terrible man, you're cursed. You're running away from Absalom today. At that time, David's servants take the sword out and they're saying, shall we go and cut this, you know, the dead dog down? Shall we finish him off, King David? David looks at them and says, no, don't touch him. Don't do anything to him. Just what if God today has commanded him to curse me? And if it is God who's commanded him to curse me, we can do nothing. But if it's not God, God will see to it. Look at the heart of David. He kept his heart soft. And today, we like David and Saul, we are also challenged when God is checking our heart. Maybe we've not sinned much in the eyes of man, but do we have a hard heart? Or maybe you're a terrible sinner in the eyes of man, but maybe God sees in you a soft heart. So in the life of King Saul, how did his heart get hard? In our lives, if our heart has been hardened in the presence of God, just how did it get there? Because that's not where we started. When we get saved, uh, you know, we just have a soft heart before God. and We have a willing heart and we're saying, Lord, I'm so saved. I just want to do whatever you want me to do. How did my heart get hardened? How did King Saul's get heart get hardened? The difference between King Saul and David was that Saul was really not very familiar with God. He was familiar with the work of God. He was familiar with the office that God had given him. He was familiar with the authority of that office. He was familiar with maybe the power he had because of that ministry that God had given him. But when it came to King David, the Bible says that he wrote Psalms in the wilderness. He spoke to God. He worshipped God. He took up the harp. And when he played, the anointing came so mightily that evil spirits began to run away from King Saul. So there was a relationship that God had with David that King Saul knew nothing about. King Saul was all about his position and power. He told Prophet Samuel, you know, come with me and worship. Even though God has rejected me, just come with me and you worship. Let's worship together so that people will at least see you with me and think that God is with me. It was about position. And many times, you know, there are people of God that that are uh, that maybe have 
uh, you know, were shining for God, some great preachers, some great worship leaders, or some great people that were standing in great and mighty ways in front of people, and then they fell away from God, or fell in sin, or fell in disobedience, and uh, or maybe walked away from God. And in in the in our hearts, we wonder how did it happen? And I want you to know, so many of them. As good and genuine as they were, many of them may not have had that bedrock foundation of the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the power of the relationship that God had. Saul had a position but did not nurture the relationship. Another th- reason why the heart gets hardened is because of ignorance. Just Ephesians 4.18 says, being darkened in their understanding excluded from the life of God because of ignorance that is within them. Many times our heart gets hardened because we just don't know the plans that God has and the things that God has for us. or The way we are looking at it is not the way God is looking at it. And therefore our heart just gets hardened. Sometimes our heart gets hardened because of worldly reasoning and unbelief. We begin to reason things out and, and, and we begin to reason according to the wisdom of the world. Do you know the Bible says that worldly wisdom is foolishness before God? And the wisdom of God is foolishness before the world. The two of them just don't tally. My heart gets hardened when I begin to think worldly thoughts. If God asks me to forgive and I don't want to forgive and I think, you know, I want to be bitter or I want to still be angry with this person. Or God tells me to humble down and go apologize to somebody. When I don't want to do that, I still want to be proud. That's worldly reasoning. Many times our heart gets hardened to the gospel and the Bible says unbelief sets in. Because our heart is hardened to the gospel. Romans and chapter 1 literally talks about this. In Romans and chapter 1 it talks about, it says you know, that, that God has revealed himself in verse 18 onwards. That God has revealed himself from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. And he, you know, God is revealing his heart to us. But verse 21 says, But even though they knew God, they did not honor him or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculation. When our heart begins to get hardened, one of the reasons is because of our futile speculations, foolish, foolish thinking, futile speculation. Man is reasoning. With, in, against the things of God. You know, all around the world, there are many, many atheists that are trying to dis- disprove God or make fun of people that follow God. And the Bible says that they're wise in their own understanding. But the Bible says what happens is that they become futile in their speculation. The thing is, when I become futile or foolish in my speculation, the Bible says that I don't know that I'm becoming foolish. I am genuinely thinking wise thoughts but oftentimes they are the wisdom of the limited understanding of the world. That I'm, that my, but the fu- futile in their speculation and their foolish hearts become darkened. Which means that worldly wisdom leads me down a path of darkness and ignorance. Another reason my heart gets hardened is because of pride. When my heart begins, I take the place of God in my heart. I don't want to give God that heart. Because if I give God that heart, I got to give him decision making. I got to give him what I think about the Bible. I got to give him his opinions begin to matter. His plans need to begin to matter. And I don't want that. So pride begins to come out. King Saul, pride came into his heart. He began to be so proud. It became about his office. It became about his authority. It became about what he wanted to do. But David was not like that. He just stayed humble. He said, Lord, against you and you only have I sinned. 
Create in me a clean heart of God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. You see, David knew what it means to go back to God with a soft heart. Pride, when pride comes into our heart, we reject God's commandments. We reject God's people. We say, stay away from me. I don't want to talk to you. We reject God's plan. We think God's plan is foolishness, that my plans are better. We reject God's authority and we say, I don't want God to be above me. I want to do what I want to do. We reject God's love because we feel that maybe the love of others, other lovers maybe make, make more sense to me. Sometimes my heart gets hardened just because I'm hurt. You know, we can be hurt with people. They hurt us before, they hurt us again. People within the church can hurt us. Or you may be saying, well, pastor didn't give me a call. Or maybe they don't care for me. Or maybe you're saying that that, that person or they, they just, I don't even know if they're praying for me. But I want you to know that a heart can get hardened because of pain. Things that hurt us, things that offenses, bring offenses in life, disappointments that are there because we had expectations from people that were unmet. And when this happens, we have two choices. Keep a heart soft like David, even when King Saul was chasing him to kill him. Or keep a heart hard like King Saul and King Saul that became proud and arrogant, unmet expectations. Sometimes a heart gets hardened because of just disobedience. We disobey a little, little by little, little by little, little disobedience here, little disobedience there. And after some time, we get used to that. And our heart becomes disobedient and it begins to follow after our lusts, what I want. The Bible says in First John 2, 15 through 17, it says, The world and its lust thereof shall perish, but he who does the will of God will abide forever. Today, God is challenging you and me. Can you follow the will of God? Can you soften your heart? But, but and not follow after disobedience because disobedience is a, is a dangerous one. It takes you little and little away, away from everybody, doing your own thing until one day you don't know what happened. In the New Testament today, people are also destroying their life because they don't have a spirit-filled life. When I walk in the Holy Spirit, I have enjoyed such a wonderful life of being led by the Spirit, listening to the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, talking in the Spirit. But when I walk away from such a wonderful life, no spiritual life, no hearing the voice of God, then the voice of man, voice of reason, voice of the world's wisdom, worldly wisdom, voice of you know wealth and, and voice of all that becomes very loud. In fact, voice of chaos becomes loud. When I walk away from the voice of God. And so this is how many of us, where we start with a soft heart, we end up with a hard heart. We start with a soft heart. And we got a, we had a wounded heart and then we got a fearful heart and that fearful heart ended up becoming a proud heart and the proud heart became a rebellious heart and a rebellious heart became finally a hard heart. And today God is calling out to you and me and saying, He's saying, give me your heart. If you give me your hard heart, I will take your heart of stone and I will make it a heart of flesh. No, you will not have a flesh heart outside God, away from God. No, you will not have a, a safe future away from God, outside God. But God is saying, if you, I will give you a soft heart, a new heart and a new spirit I will give to you, says the Lord. God is saying in Hebrews 4, 7, He says, today if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart. God is calling out to you and me today. And God is saying, can you, can you humble down? Can you just return? Can you forgive that person? Can you read the word of God? Can you have a new beginning? Can you just call unto me and I will answer? 
God is saying, can you give me a heart? Because I really want to, if you hear my voice, don't push my voice away. You know, when our heart is hard, we want to push his voice away. We don't want to hear that. God, I don't want to hear that. No, I don't even know if, you know, you're for real. I don't even know if the will of God is real or, or any of that. God reminds us, don't harden the heart like Israel hardened their heart. You know, in marriage also, many people want to walk out of marriage. The Bible says one day they asked Jesus in Matthew 19.8, he, he asked them, he said, is it okay for a man to divorce his wife? And Jesus looks at them and says, it was not like that from the beginning. It was allowed to you by Moses. He said, give a certificate and divorce and walk away from that woman. But it was not like that from the beginning. And then he goes on to say, he says, because of the hardness of your heart, Moses permitted divorce. Are you pursuing divorce? Are you pursuing walking away from your spouse? Are you pursuing because your marriage is in a hard place? Are you pursuing? Are you thinking about walking out? And I want you to know that's a hard heart. God is saying, I want you to walk in a covenant heart. God is saying, I want you to humble down. I want you to love your spouse. I want you to give, give them a chance to know the love of God. That you would become the voice of God's love to your home. And God is saying, don't walk in a hard heart. Walk in a soft heart. God is saying, because of the hardness of your heart, Moses permitted divorce. We can be, we can, like Israel, we can be in a great place of a great future. Israel was on the brink of entering Canaan, but they hardened their heart, and then they went 40 years in the wilderness. We can be in such a great place just before entering in the promises of God, and then we can harden our heart like Israel did. Don't harden your heart, my brother, my sister. Don't harden your heart. You know, when you harden your heart, we, we actually don't know we're hardening our heart. Little by little, we become arrogant against God's people. We, we become insensitive. Uh, we are angry. We are touchy. We, we complain about everything that God didn't do and they didn't do and people didn't do and church didn't do and others didn't do. We have a long list of the things that people failed us. That's a hard heart. We have, uh, we are angry and frustrated against people for failing us. That's a hard heart. Every time, you know, when, when, when you see these signs, when, you, when there's confusion, there's isolation, you want to walk away from people and you want to do your own thing, that's a hard heart. And it didn't start like that. It started little by little, little pain, little hurt, and little by little, we begin to believe the lies of the devil. And God wants us today to humble down. God wants us today to humble down. A hard heart has consequences. And I want to tell you four major consequences. Of having a hard heart. The Bible says four major consequences. The first consequence. If we harden our heart. If I harden my heart. First consequence that will happen. Is that our reasoning or understanding will be darkened. We just won't be able to think. We can't think straight anymore. We don't understand what God is saying. Well, in fact, what God is saying is foolishness. That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 to 27. The Bible says the wisdom of man is like foolishness before God. And people, they, they, they listen to God's things and it sounds foolish. It sounds crazy. It doesn't make sense. The things of the world seems to make sense. Mark 6.52, they say, For they had not gained any wisdom from the incident of the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. And I want you to know today, when our heart is hardened, no reason makes sense. Nothing from God's word makes sense. And we begin to go into our own reasoning and we end up with a dark understanding. An inability to interpret what God is doing in our life. They, they saw the bread multiply, the Bible says, in Mark 8, 17. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet see or understand? 
Do you have a hardened heart? He's saying you saw the bread multiply. You saw the miracles in front of you. But you still hardened your heart. You know what that tells me about the disciples? It's amazing. You can see a miracle and still harden your heart. The Pharisees saw the miracles. They hardened their heart. Sometimes people say, if I see a miracle, my heart will be soft. I want you to know, they saw Lazarus raised from the dead after four days and they hardened their heart. I want you to know, you can see tremendous miracles, but you can still harden your heart. The inability to accept the resurrection of Christ. They, You know, the Bible says in Mark 16, 14, after he appeared to the eleven, after them reclining on the table, he scolded them for their unbelief and their hardness of heart. After seeing Jesus, they couldn't believe that was Jesus. Even if he resurrected from the dead, they couldn't believe. You see, the unbelief had gotten their heart. The miracles did not mean much anymore. And this happened to Israel. They saw miracles for 40 years, but it didn't mean anything. Everyone's advice does it make sense. They will tell you, forgive us. I don't want to forgive. They say, be kind. No, I don't want to be kind. Let's go to church and worship. I don't want to go to church and worship God. Or read the Bible. I don't want to read the Bible. Or, you know, anything people advise, it begins to sound like foolishness. Oh, I know pastor can say all about it. I don't want to do it. That's a hard heart. That's, that's what happens when we are, our friends tell us things. Our family tells us, forgive, reconcile, you know, be at peace. And we don't want to do it. But what do we want to do? We want to isolate. So the first thing that happens when we have a hard heart is that our understanding is darkened. No reason. The second thing that happens is that we have no relationships. We end up having broken relationships. You know, the, we isolate ourselves. We don't want to meet anybody. We don't want to talk to anybody. That's a hard heart. Uh, we, and then we end up in depression because nobody loves me. Nobody cares for me because we isolated ourselves. That, that oftentimes can come from a, dark, from a dark place, from a hard heart. Because reason is not bringing peace anymore. So no understanding and that leads to no relationships. We walk away from God and we walk away from people that love us. We don't feel like talking to anybody. We don't feel like walking and bitterness and anger comes in our heart against God and against people. Refusal to forgive or believe or follow. We have such a hard heart because we come to a place of no relationship. The third thing that happens when we have a hard heart is we come to a place of no life. We have no understanding, no relationships or broken relationships. And we come to a place of no life. Life becomes a torment. It becomes messed up. Life becomes rebellious. No fruit for God, no purpose, no future, no life. We've, and, and everything we were excited about before, it becomes insensitive, it becomes crazy. We don't feel anything about the stuff that we used to be excited about. You know, I constantly told the Lord, I said, Lord, every time I think about my salvation, Lord, please keep my eyes wet. I want to constantly be able to cry in gratitude, thinking about the goodness of God upon my life. And when we walk away from God in a hard heart, we have no life. We have no spirit-filled life. We walk away from the spirit-filled, spirit-led life. And we try new methods. King Saul, what did he do? He went to a spiritist because he couldn't hear from God straight anymore. And he goes to a spiritist and says, can you call Samuel and get me information on what is going to happen to me? There's, there was no, no, info, no, he had darkness because of no understanding. No uh, relationships, broken relationships. He had no life, no spiritual life, no future, no understanding and torment on his every day. And finally, when you have a hard heart, you have no future. There's an eternal judgment that the Bible says. The Bible says there's a calamity for the ones that have a hard heart. Proverbs 28:14 says, How blessed is the man who fears always, but he who hardens his heart 
will fall into calamity. Today God is calling on your heart and my heart. God is saying, will you come back? Will you not harden your heart? Because God is saying, I want to give you a soft heart. And if you've come to this place, I want you to know, there is an antidote. There's an antidote for this. God wants to heal your heart. God is saying today, I will give you a soft heart. I will give you a new heart. I will give you a loving heart, a tender heart. I will give you the joy of salvation again. That's what David prayed. Give me the joy of salvation. And if you want to have a soft heart again, just go back and go back and look at the life of David. And there was just simple things that David did. The first thing David did is that he humbled down. If you want to have a soft heart, my brother, my sister, God's calling you, humble down before God. Just humble down. Because pride is going to destroy you and me. Pride is going to keep us in our hard heart. Pride is going to keep us blaming everyone else. But finally we will be, you know, end up in eternal judgment because we have rejected the mercy of God. Humble down, repent from your hard heart. Just repent, humble down. Say, God, God, I've had a hard heart. Can you soften my heart? Can you give me a new heart? If you humble down and you carry the, the, the same heart Jesus had in Philippians 2, that you have the heart of Jesus, you know, God will lift you up and he will give you a soft heart. Firstly, if you would just humble down. Secondly, God is saying, if you would get just come to the healing part of God's love, come get healed in love, humble down and be healed in love receive god's love because god's love when it comes into your heart it rebuilds your heart and restores you to a place of relationship with god it warms your heart god will take that heart of stone and god will give a heart of flesh i want you to know your end is not there you have a new beginning you know sometimes the greatest rebellion is just outside the great promised land of canaan don't walk away from canaan and die in the wilderness because the great promise is just across I want you to know if you give your heart to God again, He will take your heart. Even though your heart is as hard as stone, God will make it soft. Be healed in the love of God. Not only be healed in the love of God, then thirdly, if you would honor God's authority over your life, give your life to the submission to the authority of God and God's word. Open your heart and Open your it to God's word in every area of your life. Open your heart to obey. Open your heart to be submissive and say, God, you are my authority. Man's wisdom is not my authority. The foolishness of the world is not my authority. You are my authority. And Lord, I want to honor God's word all my life. Humble down, be healed in the love of God. Come to the love of God. Honor God's authority over your life. Receive him as your king of glory and have a home. Fourthly, have a home. Come to a safe place of believers who can fellowship with you. You know, Peter, even though he messed up, he ran back to Jesus. But when Judas messed up, he ran away. Don't leave fellowship. Don't isolate yourself. You have a hard heart. You know, many believers are there. An unbeliever can have a hard heart. A believer can have a hard heart. And even the apostles had a hard heart. That's why Jesus had to rebuke them. Anyone can end up having a hard heart. But Peter went back to God. And Judas walked away from God. Don't walk away from God. Come back to God. Be Have a home. Come back to the household. And allow that people pray for you. People love you. And speak into your life. Because that is a safe place. And God will begin you on a journey back. He'll bring you to a place from a hard heart. He will bring you to a loved heart. And He will bring you to a repentant heart. He will bring you to an informed heart. And He will bring you to a soft and new heart. That's the journey that God's going to bring you to. So today, my friend, as I close, 
let me just pray with you and let me tell you something today. Guard your heart. If your heart has been hardened, repent and come back to God and guard your heart. Guard your heart because that is the doorway to everything. Humble down in the presence of God and walk in the Holy Spirit. And like Ezekiel said, when you're filled with the Spirit, filled with the Word of God and filled with a humble heart, like Ezekiel said in 36.26, Moreover, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit within you and I will remove that heart of stone from you, from your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. People of God, I pray today that God will release you from a hard heart. If you're struggling with a hard heart today and you give your heart to Jesus, he will take that hard heart and he will give you a heart of flesh and he will change your heart of stone back into the heart of God. God bless you and may he fill you with his love in a mighty way. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.